It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. But you are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Fired up. Hour number two on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. Brought to you by Resorts World, where loyalty is reinvented. Take your rewards experience to the next level. Uh, Download the app for free, and all the offers are up there. You'll love it. Uh, Build an account over at Resorts World on the app, and you'll see all their offers, including the Athena Infinity Ultra Pool. Unbelievable. I've seen it. I've been there. It's a new level of poolside luxury at the 21 and over Athena Infinity Pool. It's the Ultra Pool, breathtaking views of the Strip. If you haven't been to that space yet, it's going to blow you away. And they're going to be the official hotel for the EDC, May 19th to the 22nd, uh, partnering with the EDC for a hotel takeover of the Las Vegas Hilton at Resorts World. Join thousands of fellow headliners for a week and a full EDC-themed experiences, plus all the sports you love there at Resorts World, home of Doghouse Saloon, home of our Monday night football party coming up. Can't wait for the schedule to come out and see where the Raiders are going to be. They totally screwed us last year on the schedule. Oh, my God. What was that about, Bobby, last year? Schedule comes out. I'm a season ticket holder. Where's my primetime games at home? They went to the playoffs. They won 10 games. Where's my opening night, Sunday night football or Monday night football? And then the end of the year, you flex out of a game. You give us the two biggest games at the end of the year, right? New England, the Chandler Jones interception was one thing. Kansas City and the 49ers. What happened last year? Where were the primetime games? Roger, you owe us. You owe us this year. Now, the Raiders only won six games, so you could be fair and say, well, they don't deserve a big game. Well, they, we're assuming the Raiders, assuming, are going to get a Thursday night home game. I'm cool with that. I love Thursday night football if it's home, right? If we can do that, if it's on the road, we lose the coin flip. So if it's on the road at the Chargers or on the road at Kansas City, okay, that's going to be a tough game. Then I expect the Raiders to have a Monday night game early in the schedule. But Sunday night is too big, too big for a six-win team. But the fact that you can put Sunday night football in Las Vegas makes it that much bigger, and everybody would want to come here. So last year I was highly disappointed with the schedule. I thought the Raiders got screwed. The good news is because Mark Davis built this jewel in the desert with the help of so many, the Raiders don't have to go to Europe. Uh, Maybe they do. I don't know. I don't think they have to because of this new building. When the Raiders were in Oakland at the end, they were shipping us out to London. I got two trips to London and Paris. (laughs) All expense paid because the Raiders were playing there. I loved it. Wife loved it. She came with me. I love Europe. I love the European games. But I like the games in Vegas a little bit more. So as we get closer to the draft and then the schedule release, I'm hoping the schedule is better this year considering who's coming into town because the New Yorkers are coming into town, and they're already calling. I said, no mas, no mas, don't call me. Okay, but everybody else who's calling on the schedule, everybody sees the Raiders on their road schedule, and all the guys and gals call up and all the wives say, hey, I want to go gambling. I want to go to the pool. I want to go to Vegas. And the husband goes, hold on, let me look online. There's no tickets. And she, the wife says, what do you mean there's no tickets? 
there's no tickets. Does everybody understand they're all sold out? Does everybody understand this? So people call me, JT, where do I get tickets for the Raiders? I said, well, back in the day, if you called me a week in advance, I had a big bowl, a big bowl like a fishbowl, and I can go in there and grab two. No problem. They even charged me for it. I give you two. Now? Now? No. No, no. You got to figure out how you're going to get in. I can't help you get in, but the problem is too many fans are saying, all right, so those tickets that are 325 uh, I'll pay 400 for them. And then they go, no, they're not available at 400 They're available at 700 And then those people go, oh, my God, I don't want to pay 700 But boom, they press enter and they pay 700 because they want to see their team play. And that's got to stop. People got to hold on to those tickets. Or they got to sell them to Raider fans at a premium or just sell them at cost. But I can't tell people what to do with their money coming out of this economy and COVID and what could be happening next. So the schedule is going to be magnified this year because there's a couple of teams that have never played in Las Vegas and they want to go. And again, I've outgrown this topic. I'm not going to sit here and yell at people at the airport for coming to Vegas to see their team. Uh, We welcome them in. I'm at the parking lot. People are having a good time. But I just hope it reverts back because, you know, you don't want to see Kansas City and Denver feel like they can come here. Those are the fans you got to keep out. But if a Giant or a Jet fan or a Steeler fan, especially the Steelers, wow. Have you seen the Steelers, Bobby, travel? I mean, you see the Steelers travel. The problem when the Steelers travel is when they play in a stadium that has black seats. They take out the yellow, you know, the flag, the towel, the tellerable towel, and they start flexing it around, and all you do is see a sea of towels. We've seen that before in Oakland and other spots here. So uh, the the schedule's going to come out here pretty quickly. We're going to have the draft and all that, and I hope everybody's excited for what should be a fantastic, fantastic start of the year. We got Gary Lawless Coming up here in a little bit, he's going to join us live from Seattle. John and Henderson, really appreciate you being patient. John, go ahead. Okay, thanks, JT, for taking my call. Thank you. Say, I want to comment on the uh, on Jalen Carter. I would be very concerned if the Raiders drafted him. Mm-hmm. You know, well, he wasn't driving the car; he was involved in it. Just like uh, you know, somebody driving a getaway car is always held responsible mm-hmm. for what happens inside the bank, and it's a similar situation. And the second thing is. Uh, by you know several reports, he lied to the police, and mm. and I think that's a, there's a character issue. Now the Raiders can't just hire choir boys, and I know Jalen can't be responsible for what happened, you know what, what previous mm. guys did. But on the other hand, that the the Raiders have to really be careful. You know, I was really impressed when Mark Davis attended the funeral of the lady who was killed yeah. along with her dog, and and I showed I thought that showed a lot of class. So I think the Raiders have to be very careful because if, if they drafted somebody and got in similar kind of trouble, it would really be mm-hmm. bad fair. for the Raiders. Yeah, fair. I have no argument there. Thanks for the call. I have no, there's nothing I could say. And Mark Davis does a lot of classy things behind the scene, scenes and things that are right to do that no one promotes. He doesn't want anybody to promote it. And you brought that up, and I remember that like it was yesterday, one of the most unfortunate, tragic events to happen in the history of Vegas non-sports related, sports related with Henry Ruggs III. That can't happen again. And you hope it doesn't happen again. And you hope it doesn't happen for obvious reasons, humanity. But it happened here. And it put the franchise back really far. Ruggs was a great player. He wasn't good. He was great. He was coming into his own. He truly was. If you remember Cliff Branch, we talk a lot about Cliff when he started and he had the drops. Freddie comes on all the time. He was dropping the ball. Coach Flores even said, you know, first year he's dropping the ball and then Cliff finally catches on and he becomes a Hall of Famer. That's what Ruggs was looking like to me. He was a hell of a player, man. He could really do great things, and a lot of people liked him. He had a pretty clean life going until one horrific, horrific decision. 
and I don't use the word mistake. No, that's just much worse than a mistake. And it's something that we don't talk about around here much anymore, and we should. When it comes to law enforcement and attorneys and house arrest or not, I, I'm going to take the high road on this for everyone involved because I'm not a lawyer, but a lot of it bothers people in this community still, and that can't happen again. And no doubt that that can't happen again. And you try to draft the right players, and all the players say the same exact thing. They all say the same exact thing when they get drafted. Yeah, I had problems when I was a kid. I had problems when I was a kid, and it'll never happen again. And this won't happen. Well, Jalen Carter is in that situation. Carter is in that situation where he can't have a mistake if he's going to be a Raider, not one. So is it easy to pass on him? I don't know how easy it is. That's a question I have to ask Dave Ziegler after the draft. If he takes him, obviously it's going to be a huge topic. If he doesn't take him and he was available, then I'll have to ask Dave Ziegler, which you'll all want to hear, why didn't you take him? That's it. That's what it is. It's life. You take a guy because you believe in him on top of it. But the issue with Carter is he's exactly what the Raiders need. The Raiders need a defensive tackle who's so dominant that he can even beat the double team. The Jelly Ellis era is over around here. We cannot have average players playing defensive tackle. We cannot have average linebackers and average defensive tackles on this team anymore. It's unacceptable. No. There's no more average linebackers who are coming off a deal at the end of their career or they're drafted in the fifth round to be developed. We need linebackers in that building who are ferocious. Just like the Golden Knights bring in players who are elite at certain positions, and that's why they could be the number one seed potentially tonight if they win in Seattle. The great Gary Lawless joins me. I've always said when the weather's peaking in Seattle, one of my favorite places on earth, when it's not, I could pass on it. Give me a weather report in Seattle today. Hey, how you doing, JT? Good. How about a weather report? Beautiful blue skies. What do you got? Uh, yesterday was actually gorgeous, and uh, today a little overcast, but uh, but no rain, so uh, no complaints here. Never complaining. You love your job. That's what I love about you. You love being on the road. You love being at the fortress. You love telling everybody about what you think is going to happen, and I think this is a massive conversation for us for what's at stake because I do a lot of NBA, and the Sacramento Kings are the three seed the other night. They sit their starters against the Warriors and roll over. The Warriors win. It changes the bottom of the bracket here. I need to know what Seattle's playing for because we're playing for the number one seed overall and got to get out of this game with a point. Yeah, I think Seattle, what they're mostly what they're playing for is like the first round of the NHL playoffs are so unpredictable. Picking your poison is a really dangerous game. For me, Seattle wants to... They need to try and figure out a way. They need to try and prove they can play with the Golden Knights. Like the, the, the game two nights ago, the 4-1 victory for Vegas, it was complete domination. Lorraine Bressois said in the post game, he said, I didn't have a shot on net other than a, a, a zone dump in that I had to deflect into the corner for the first 15 minutes of the third period. It was a clinic. So Vegas' team game is really peaking. And if you're... Dave Haxtall and the, and the Seattle Kraken, you want to figure out and find a way to see if you can play with the Golden Knights because right now it doesn't look like you can. And maybe they don't play in the first round, but if you want to get to the Stanley Cup, you might have to go through them later. You, you want to put some doubt in Vegas's mind tonight. So the Seattle Kraken have 100 points, and they're 2016 and 4 at home, and they're playing for pride in this game. So you're suggesting 
that they're going to go all out tonight, even though it doesn't change much for them because it could send a message down the road? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That, uh, uh, no one wants to finish the, finish the season losing. They mm-hmm. want to... <laughs> They, 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 they want to find out if they're truly a contender. And the measuring stick is in town. So try and try and measure up. It'll, this will be a fascinating game. And Vegas is going to reinsert Jack Eichel and Shea Theodore. They're both going to play tonight. Vegas' is number one goalie, Loren Bressois, mm-hmm. is in. There's none of this resting stuff. They're here uh, and ready to go. And Mark Stone was on the ice with the team here in Seattle yes. as, as well. He's looking uh, more and more like he's going to be a player in 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 the near future. So, uh, uh, yeah, for Seattle, you know, they beat they they, put, they lost to Vegas handily with a depleted lineup the other night. Now Vegas is rolling out their best lineup. Uh, I, I think you got to try and find a find a better showing than you did the other night. Gary Lawless joins us from Seattle. Massive game tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights. So, tell me about this Edmonton run. If we haven't seen all the games, 107 points, 9-0 and one in their last ten. They've won eight in a row. We know about Connor McDavid and what they can do and dry cycle and the depth of this team, but what's happened on this run as they are chasing the Knights and every night they're giving an outstanding effort? Yeah, they've been, they have not blinked. They've been fantastic, and it's been, uh, you know, like, you look in at, at, since the All-Star break, you know, Boston has the best record, Vegas number two, and then right, right there is L.A. LA and, and Edmonton. Those teams have all kind of fenced since the All-Star break, and no one has really wanted to wanted to let up. So uh, the Oilers, you know, Connor McDavid and Settle are obviously having historic seasons. Their power play is, uh, you know, the best that we've seen since uh, the Montreal Canadiens in the late 70s. So this is, uh, they're, they are definitely a danger, dangerous team. They made a good trade at the deadline, added uh, the TS Ekholm to help their blue line, and, they're, and they finally found a goalie, Stuart Skinner, has been really good for them uh, down the stretch. They try and outscore their mistakes. That's what that's what they've that's what they're built on right now. And so far, they've done it. The interesting thing is when you have to beat a team and you get into a series and you got to beat a team four four times to to win a seven game series. It the matchups and the night in night out can the Oilers you know have that dominance in that type of a situation? They don't have depth. And their blue line is not as good as some of the other teams we've mentioned. So that will be the fascinating part for them. There are some people that believe they are built to play regular season hockey and have yet to prove they're built to play playoff hockey. The Golden Knights are definitely a team built to play playoff hockey. Gary Lawless, as we wrap it up. So I got a lot of texts and calls from my Islander buddies uh, for the wild card as they needed a point. They're in with the Panthers in the wild card, and I still look up at Boston with 133 points. You love this sport since you could walk as a toddler, and you know the sport as good as anybody. Put in perspective what the Bruins have done this year to all the other great teams that have ever played regular season hockey before the postseason. It's really hard to compare, Harris. And there's so much that is that is different, so I, I won't do that. I, you know, what I mean, like the closest thing that I've ever seen to what we're seeing now is the '77 Canadians, but they had ties back then. Uh, they di- they didn't have a salary cap. It's a lot different in a salary cap era. What the Boston Bruins have accomplished is it's you know out of this world. They they are the best team in hockey in, in the regular season by obviously a massive margin. And if someone beats the Boston Bruins, 
it will be a very, very good hockey team. And so could there, is it fair to say the way it's setting up in the East? So I tell this to everybody in the NBA and hockey, especially the NBA. If you're the one seed, you don't have to play the two or three seed before the two or three seed ideally play each other if there's no upset. So I'm assuming that if anybody knows hockey, especially at your level, that someone's going to have to take a run at Boston early in the playoffs and really physically put it up against them, and then the next team's got to be just as good before the conference finals. Is there going to be an attrition here where there's a chance Boston is going to go through a war in the Eastern Conference when you look at the Lightning, the Hurricanes, the Maple Leafs, the Devils, that when they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, they're going to be battered and bruised? Yeah, that's the only way that, it, that whoever comes out of the West is going to have a chance to win. I really believe the Bruins will win the East, and it just depends on whether they are decimated or not when they get to the final for a team from the West to have a chance. They're better than everybody. There's, there's no question. They are better than everybody, but that's before the, the, the best tournament in sports starts, and it is a war of attrition. Yeah, you, lastly, you know, you talk about the best tournament. You get a chance. I listen to you. You hear me. This NBA garbage and guys like Zion not playing, but he's dunking in warm-ups, saying he's fine but not ready to play at his level. Can you just leave us on that note on how beat-up hockey players are right here at the end of the regular season and us fans really don't know the war of attrition these players go to before they get a little break before the playoffs? Yeah, that, that, that three days, everyone says though they're going to miss that first weekend. The players need it. Need it. The mm. guys that are going to that are going to play, uh, they need those those three days of rest. It's it's an it's an eighty two game gauntlet. It's you can't understand what they what they've gone through, but it's all worth it to get to this point of the season. JT, I'm I'm saying win tonight. A point will help. Uh, plane touches down in Vegas. Borderline what time? I know everyone gets in their Ferraris and Lamborghinis and they head home to their homes here. What time the wheels hit the ground if everything's on time? Well, it's a late start, 7.45 start, so, uh, you know, know, midnight, 1 o'clock. Get the W. Talk to you, my friend. Thank you. You got it, Gary Lawless. Gary Lawless, really good. What what a great guy to interview. So lucky to have this show and to talk to him because he's just a hockey fan, but then he has Lawless in order, and he's on in between periods. So I tape the games, Bobby, as you know, because I want to hear what Gary says in between periods because he goes around the league nationally. So he'll tell you uh, this player was just brought up from the Lightning, from juniors, or this or that. So we're fortunate to have Gary here because Gary covers the Golden Knights, but he also knows the sport internationally, through Canada, through the States here. He's very good. You know, one funny thing, I've never heard Lawless in order. Oh, it's great. Never not once. I wish I could, but I'm in the middle of doing you're, the intermission you're running the games, broadcast. So, yeah. it's, he used to have a radio show up in Winnipeg, and it was Lawless in order in the name of the show, and it, it was really popular. He had a really big, his big radio career up, up, up in Winnipeg doing that, and when I was aware of him back in the day. But I like when we have him on. Because he puts it into perspective. Just, all, all I can say about Gary is he busts my Aggies constantly trying to get me to play Springsteen. Every single oh, he time. Was a Springsteen guy. Just a bit. <laughs> Am I asking too much? Am I at, Please tell me. Be honest with me. I'm honest with you. Am I, am I asking too much for this city to be a hockey city? Am I really asking too much? Because sometimes I think I do. I think I'm asking something that, you know, being lucky to be syndicated in Detroit and all these cities my whole career. When we started together, our biggest city was Detroit and Colorado, and we took calls in the 90s. And here, I think because our flag says Raider Nation Radio, I'm losing out on too many hockey fans. So I don't mind that during Raider season, but now 
This is our business, man. We got to get this city rocking. Big game tonight. Everybody should be out watching it. And I'll be at the baseball game. So I'll be watching it on my phone. Yeah, I'll be over at the, the Aviators game. Hopefully the weather holds up beautifully tonight. Look, beautiful clouds last night in the sky during sunset. Let's see what the weather says here on my weather app here. 74 degrees. A 70 at 7 p.m. 67 degrees tonight. A beautiful night for baseball. Yeah, Hendon Hooker is a guy that's going to have an opportunity, I think, maybe to be a late one. I've heard and seen you know, projections like Mike Tannenbaum had him at five. Some others think the, to Minnesota at 23. I, on ratings, this is where mock drafts skew the process a bit. On my ratings board, he's a late second. Um, and you say, why is that? Well, you know, he comes out of a quarterback-friendly offense, and by that I mean get the ball out quick in the shotgun. Great receivers to throw to. Great offensive line, two couple, two running backs who were very effective. Um, you know, he didn't have to go through long progressions. The ball came out pretty quick. Uh, he didn't have to roll left or right and throw in the move. Uh, he's coming off an ACL. He's 25 years of age. He'll be 26 in January. That doesn't bother me. I don't really care much about the age. Coming off the ACL and the quarterback-friendly offense. Also, I have made this point. Joe Milton stepped in for him when he got hurt and lit it up. You know, Joe Milton in the bowl game against Clemson as an underdog uh, led them to a, a victory, lit it up, didn't even have Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyde in that game, the two top receivers. Yet the system allowed him to have great success, and he has power. He's got a strong arm. So the quarterback-friendly offense really helped Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is on the radar for everybody. I think he's a third-round pick or late second, but no, everybody's going to jump into the first round and get their quarterback, and he will be gone in the first round. JT, back with you. You know it's a big day and night when I call on. It's like the bat light in the sky. It's the Sports 8, 8 News Now, the leader. Chris Matthews joins us ahead of the Golden Knights tonight. How are you, Chris? I'm doing well, JT. How are you doing? Boy, what a fun time of the year, huh? Yeah. Playoffs starting up, the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, and we got all these things going on in Las Vegas. It seems like whenever I'm talking to you on the uh, Raider Nation radio there, we're always talking about all the cool events that are going on in Las Vegas. Uh, once again, this weekend you got the NHRA just – wrapped up a press conference with three terrific ladies who are going to be racing out at the uh, Strip at Las Vegas this weekend with the uh, you know top fuel dragsters, funny cars, and always something fun in Las Vegas going on. That's why I always reach out to you, Coleman. I'd like to talk to you on Thursdays or Fridays heading into the weekend with your department there and what you're covering. And I, I think it's a unique time here because this city, when we had the inaugural season and what happened and the tragedy and the shooting, everyone got behind the team. They went to the Stanley Cup final and lost to Ovechkin. Now this year, all these years later, which isn't a long run in hockey years, Vegas has a chance tonight to secure the one seat overall. And, Chris, I really think it's going to make a difference in the easier conference compared to the Bruins in the East that Vegas gets this one seat a little time off, gets guys healthy, and make a Stanley Cup run. Yeah, that's going to be a big deal. They're up in Seattle tonight, a back-to-back. They beat them here 4-1 in Las Vegas. So now they go to Seattle, a chance to secure the number one spot here in the West and the Pacific Division crown, by the way. Uh, which would be their third in just the short time they've been in existence, but they would open up against Winnipeg. Remember that that championship seat or that 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 um, division championship mm-hmm. in that first year when they got to the Stanley Cup final? They had to beat the Winnipeg Jets to get to the final to play the uh, 
the Capitals. They did that. A unique place. They love hockey in Winnipeg, but first thing first, that's tonight getting that win up there in Seattle. And, it's, and it sounds like from, you know, you listen to the, uh, you go through Twitter and you see on the Pat McAfee show that he's going to donate $100,000 if Jack Eichel gets a, a hat trick, any of these games that they continue wow. to play here. And uh, so he says, well, I'm going to be shooting a lot tomorrow night. Now, that was yesterday, so <laughs> I assume that Eichel's going to be ready and he's going to play tonight. Chris Matthews joins us, and we just had Gary Lawless on before you. You know how good he is, and he just told us that Mark Stone was on the ice skating as they're gearing him up. I didn't expect him to be back and not play tonight, obviously, and maybe till the second round. In hockey, it's hard to look ahead, Chris, because every series is so brutal in seven games, and you, you could see an upset more so than the NBA. When we see the NBA play-in tournament, whoever gets in as the seventh seed or like the eighth seed, I don't expect the eighth seed to beat the one, but in hockey that could happen a little bit more because there's so much parity. Yeah, when you think about it, it was, what, a decade ago, maybe less? Maybe it was a decade ago when the uh, Los Angeles Kings with a red-hot Jonathan Quick was in goal, and the Kings went in there as the uh, eighth seed, and they, they won the Stanley Cup. So uh, you get a hot goalie in the playoffs, and it's a different beast, a different game in the postseason. And you know how tough those series to win, but you got a hot goalie, and, boy, you can make some, you can make some real noise in the postseason. Hey, Chris, I, if I talk to you before the Raiders draft, and I'm going to see you around the facility a lot coming up here, this is big for me because we had the draft here last year, and you were all over the place. I bumped into you on Las Vegas Boulevard with a camera crew. You were everywhere, and you were at our events and all that. And this year, we don't host it. Kansas City does. But I think this is very important for this town, this draft, because we don't know if Dave Ziggler is going to move up to get the quarterback. I think he stays at seven. There's going to be a great defensive player there, no doubt. And you're in the press box for every game, and you travel a lot with the team. The importance of nailing at least these first couple of picks so they're starters on defense, and they don't got to develop guys to figure out if they're going to be stars. Boy, it seems like, okay, if they keep it as it is right now and you have 12 picks, you got to figure five or six of those have to be legit kind of players right next season. You would think that at least five of those guys you'll see on the field a ton this next season. And like, I guess that's what you're hoping. You know, as I was driving in also, I was thinking that's interesting with this crew is how they keep everything so close to the vest. They're bringing all these quarterbacks in, working them out. Carter's in town today, the, the stud defensive guy from Georgia. All mm-hmm. these players come in. But I think it's actually kind of neat that really no. If anybody tells you they know what they're doing, they're absolutely lying because they don't know what they're, the, what McDaniels or Ziegler is going to do because those guys, they keep everything so tight to the vest, which I actually – it bugs me in the sense that you'd like to break a story and, hey, guess what, we know, but we don't know which is kind of neat because everybody's on the same playing field, the level playing field, and you're just trying to figure out what they're going to do, and nobody knows what they're going to do. I like that. You know, Chris, I do a lot of shows from home now. I'm at the studio today, and you know where we are on Flamingo, and the cones are starting to pop up all over town. And then I'm looking on Twitter, and I'm seeing that the cones are on the strip. They're really paving a large chunk now for F1, and they're going to do it again. So, look, everybody knows who lives here. Avoid the strip. Now we have ride share, which is unbelievable. You, you don't have to drive and park. You can get dropped off depending on where you live. But this is going to be interesting now is the F1 as they're opening up the sphere right around the corner, and we're going to see that beautiful paved strip, and then they're going to drop another pavement on right before it, and then the strip <laughs> is going to be the, the greatest track in the world. What are you hearing behind the scenes with your partners there on TV and how this thing is going to jump on us pretty quick here? Well, it's going to be here before we know it. And just today at noon, they held the topping off 
uh, celebration for the new paddock Mm -hmm. where they're going to have the rich people, the suites, the garages, all those wealthy people are going to be over there by the start-finish line. If you're familiar with Las Mm -hmm. Vegas, Harmon and Koval by the MGM and and, kind of close to the sphere. Well, today they had the topping off on that facility. It's three football fields long, three stories high. It's going to be super elite. They're going to have seats there. They're going to have the garages there. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, all those guys will be hanging out there. And so just today they had the topping off. And then, as you mentioned, they're going to go, they're going to, and they've started already. They're going to pave half the strip, uh, the, the, the racing side of the strip. And about 12 inches down, they're going to dig it up, put this special asphalt down. They're going to, and then when the race time, when it approaches, they're going to weld down the manholes. You can't have the, you know, the, the manhole covers flipping mm-hmm. up with these cars driving 200 miles an yeah. hour over the top of them. So, I mean, progress is going along. It's good. Before we know it, it'll be November and the race will be here. All right, Chris, I'm going to see you before that, but April 24th, I wanted to get another plug in for the Bolitnikov Hall of Fame golf tournament that's going to be out at Canyon Gate. That's April 24th. It's a 23rd, 24th event, but the golf is on the 24th. I'm sure you'll be out there. You've known Freddie. You just did something with Freddie. I watched the other day. You were doing a Zoom with Fred Bolitnikov. That was cool. Yeah, in fact, we have a, we're going to do the entire interview uh, we're going to run that this weekend on our sports shows. We have Game on Vegas and Sports Wrap. And what a great guy, Fred Bolitnikov, just one of the uh, icons of, of the Raiders' history. And so, uh, as you do, Jay, you sat down with him a number of times. We sat down with him and did a Zoom and talked about, you know, his history with the Raiders, the importance of Al Davis. Mark Davis has great respect for Davis. The uh, the Alumni Association. There's no better team owner than uh, Mark Davis and bringing the alumni back together. And we talked about the draft. In fact, we did a little story last night with the draft and Fred Blitnikoff has been in a number of those boardrooms and those draft rooms when they're making these choices. And he says, they all look at each other. Is this the guy we want? Is that the guy? And he kind of compared it to a horse race because you you think you have the guy and everybody says, this is the guy and it might not be the guy. So, you know, the one thing though, that I think with Fred that that really stuck out with me is you got to get players who want to work hard yeah boy it's just i mean that that was the theme of the interview he talked about yeah this and that and the players here and there but he says you got to have players that want to work hard every day practice and games absolutely good to talk to you chris big night tonight for the golden Knights. thanks for setting the table for us appreciate it all right thanks jt appreciate it you got it chris matthews big part of our show the newsman from 8 News Now, fantastic. And he's brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. I'm always talking about Remy Martin, and how about this? They have the Remy VSOP Mixtape Volume 3, where every drop of their VSOP finds its perfect musical counterpart and creates timeless memories. Cherish your own piece of mixtape culture with the new limited edition VSOP Bottle, Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. They sent me a bottle of this. Fantastic. I mean, I'm just putting this out in my bar in my home because it looks it's going to be a talking piece when people come in. It's a beautiful bo- a bottle, Remy Martin VSOP. Fantastic. It just pops when you see it here. And I'm sure it's going to be fantastic when I have my next event, maybe a viewing party for the Stanley Cup at the house when the weather gets closer and we get closer. Bobby, you were laughing quick. You mentioned a Koval Lane, and I know you were giggling because I lived at the Koval Street Apartments. When I moved out here in 1996, now for those who know, when I moved out here as a stockbroker at Merrill Lynch in La Jolla, I came here, I knew one guy, one guy, my buddy Dave Armstrong, and he lived in an apartment, the Coval Street Apartments, Mm -hmm. and he had a room for me, just one room, 
and I came in there with limited stuff. I had a spoon, I had a fork, I had three towels. I was a real, real bachelor, but that was the corner where Tupac got shot. Yes, it was. Right there outside my apartment, literally, I'd say two to 300 yards away on that corner. So whenever I drive by that, I see the apartments on the left. Mm-hmm. I see and everything. The bi- and the big tribute thing on the right where people like put yeah. all the, yeah. Around his passing, they do that there. And then Ellis Island, mm-hmm. where me and Zig would go to dinner and it would be three ninety nine, and felt like it was Thanksgiving dinner. And then I would be able to walk to the Hard Rock back then before it became Virgin. That was the corner where it all started there, the Colval Street Apartments, and it's still standing. And let's just say it was a whole lot nicer neighborhood back in 1996 yeah, than it is yeah, today. interesting. You know, I try to keep my uh, opinions of the neighborhoods here in town. I've been very critical of the neighborhoods in San Francisco lately. I've been, uh, my thumbs have been getting aggressive on tweeting about San Francisco. I don't like the neighborhoods decaying here in Las Vegas. Pretty close. Yeah, I, I don't like when a neighborhood decays. I want to see vibrant neighborhoods, especially the ones right on the strip on top of it. All right, so really good show so far. When we come back, we'll kind of rock through a few of these phone calls, 702-365-9200. And the breaking news, the Washington Commanders are sold. The group led by Josh Harris reaches the deal with the Commanders, non-exclusive for $6.05 billion. Not yet signed, but Adam Schefter's reporting that the agreement has been made. I'll tell you what I think about those shenanigans coming up next. It's a big deal. It's a big brand. Get Daniel Snyder out, and that's good for everybody, especially for those here in Vegas who know the real story. Fairbanks throws, swinging a rolling ground ball to second, picked up by Lau. He throws to first, and the Rays have won 12 in a row. It matches the franchise record for a winning streak, tying the one they had in June of 2004. This year's comes at the beginning of the season, and the Rays are 12-0 to begin the 2023 campaign. And that was from yesterday, and they just won again. 9-3, and they're 13-0. That ties the modern record. Welcome back, JT, with you. That's pretty incredible. I don't care who you played, but their schedule was pretty easy. They opened up against Detroit for three, at Washington for four. Then they had the A's for three at home. The A's are awful, and they beat a Red Sox team that's not very good. Now they got to go play three at Toronto. I don't think they'll keep the streak alive. I think Toronto will get one of those games. If not, they're at Cincinnati after that, then home to the White Sox. Something crazy is going on. I mean, this is this is special here. I never worry much about the gritty, gutty Rays because normally they'll just fold. But now they have no choice but to spend money. They have a small payroll. They're 13-0. and 0. You can do a lot of damage in your first 20, 40 games to get you into the playoffs nowadays because there's three wild cards. They're banking wins. But I never really worry about them because they're sellers most of the time and they don't buy players, but now they have to. If there's a pitcher available on a good team, they got to get them because this roster, 13-0, and 0, that's a, it's that's incredible. So I've been texting throughout the show to some pretty important people about this Washington sale, the Commanders, and six plus billion for the Commanders. That's really good for business. Wink, wink. Here in Vegas, I mean that's a hell of a number. What would the Raiders be worth? Are the Raiders worth six billion? I don't think now. No, they're not worth six billion now, but they will be, and that all matters. That matters in a big way. So I think Daniel Snyder's playing games. 
My gut tells me he'll take this price, but I think he's stalling and he wants to keep his team and he's freaking out about losing his team. But when you get $6 billion, it takes the pain away. Now you can get off and get onto your yacht and move to London. Reports are he's going to move to London. He can't live anywhere in the company in the country where he's not ashamed to live. Like he can't go to hotels and restaurants without fans despising him. That's the only bad part. The only downside about being a multimillionaire or a billionaire is that people don't like you. You know, if people don't like you, then you can't go anywhere. You got to hang out on the water on your yacht, and that's what Snyder's been known to do. He's going to take the money. Hardcore Raider, wrap it up. How are you? Hey, JT, how you doing, partner? I'm doing good, thank you. Uh, a couple things. just want to say thank you for uh, kind of sharing some past experiences when you're in the Bay Area, uh, being part of the radio program there. I kind of had a similar experience, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. Mm. But um, I, I don't think enough of us Raider fans really uh, appreciate what you guys, uh, you, Q, and everybody at Raider Nation has uh, built for Raider Nation. So I just want to say no matter what our differences are mm-hmm. uh, uh, in the direction Raiders are going, that you guys are killing it and keep up the great Thank work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, we all do. The, the other thing, you know, hockey, you know, I, I've always just been a hardcore football fan. I mean, other sports when I was younger, I kind of hit and miss, you know. But um, you actually inspired me to like hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. And my son, you know, he likes hockey. He wants to play hockey. So, you know, I've kind of grown a liking to, uh, you know, the Vegas Knights as well as, uh, Colorado Avalanche, because mm-hmm. I live here in Colorado. But um, I know that's maybe heresy to like two teams, but uh, I'll just leave it at that. And I actually went to the two uh, Avalanche games here against uh, the Knights, and, and that was a, a good mm-hmm. uh, good games, you know. So mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see what happens in these playoffs. But, you know, the thing I want to push back on is, you know, some, some of this stuff about uh, Hinn and Hooker, and I'll make this quick. But Hinn and Hooker, you know, and Mel Kuyper, I don't think they're analysts of, of him uh, is accurate. You know, essentially they're saying he's like, he's only a pocket passer. He's flat footed. Uh, he's not a dual threat quarterback like Jalen hurts. But the facts are, if you look at the rushing yards from all these top five quarterbacks, Bryce young, 20, uh, 2021, zero rushing yards, Bryce young, 2022, 185 rushing yards, CJ Stroud, 2021, 20 rushing yards, CJ Stroud, 2022, 108, uh, rushing yards, Anthony Richardson. Okay. We got it. You like hooker. You've been calling me for weeks. No, you no, like hooker. Hold on. I, but here's the thing. Hinnon Hooker had 430 rushing yards this year and 620 rushing yards the year before. How can people even say that this guy does not have athletic talent to run with his legs? It's mm-hmm. heresy. Yeah. These guys miss more on the draft and their analysts wow. that if any of us were missing on the draft like some of these guys do, we would all be fired. So their, their breakdown of Hinnon Hooker is completely false. They're telling a half picture. They're not telling the full okay. story. The dude is running all over the place, and nobody's even talking Okay, about I got I'm it. Glad. I, I hope, I I, hope I, the Raiders get him, and I'm glad nobody wants him. Good, thank you. Man, you are really fired up about that one player. I can hear the tone in your voice. As my, my voice is calming down for $2 beer night at the Aviators game. He's all, he's all rattled on that. He loves Hooker. Hooker's a great player. He's 25 years old. He's 25 years old, coming off an injury. I think he can run. I think he's a tremendous athlete. I think he's. I think this guy's making a buck off him. This guy might be his agent. <laughs> well, he's excited. So all I ask for is people to call in and be excited. You don't have to be excited about Raider football. You could be excited about the Vegas Golden Knights or anything out there. I want to hear some excitement for two hours. You got Q coming up next. He'll have a big show, as he always does. And then we have our Friday show tomorrow as we get rolling here. Good week for us. We, we delivered on all the draft experts. Tell you, what, we've done four shows, and we've had seven mock draft guys. Like we said, and next week, we're filling up our calendar, too. Thanks to all of our partners who 
support us and put us on the radio. And thank you for listening on the app or on the radio or however you download us. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. It's getting good out here, man. Weather's fantastic. Put the winter clothes away. Put the long sleeves away and get out and enjoy it. Vegas Golden Knights tonight could be the number one seed overall with one point out west. Go get that point.